Music and fun. Miskin Radio. And all the new music I have for you in the next hour is from your local area, including tonight a world exclusive uh, by Ruse Radio. But guests, uh, so my first guest tonight is comedian Ian Smith. Hello, Ian. Hello. And our musician in the session is Paul Corcoran, a.k.a. The Low Five Waves. Uh, welcome, Paul. Hello. Uh, so as for you, get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag the KP Sessions and on Snapchat uh, so you can see what we get up to uh, now by following the KP Sessions. Um, so Ian Smith, um, right, so you're from the Northern Town Ghoul, G-O-O-L-E, mm-hmm. and you've been doing like a, a Wish You Were Here sort of online show all about it. Yeah, so I did a little web series where I went around the town with the local mayor and... Um, yeah, we just looked. We looked at places. I'm not sure if he was aware how much we're sort of taking the mick out of the town, but he, he seems absolutely fine with with doing that. I think he was on his way out of like being the mayor, not sort of lifespan. So, um, <laughs> and he's like the youngest ever one as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's 19 old years old. There's probably a like a child mayor somewhere in South America, mm. um, I imagine. But he's the youngest mayor in the UK as a fact, although not anymore. But he was the youngest um, MP candidate because he ran to be an MP in Gore and I was desperate for him to get in so I could have a friend who's an MP. But How, how did you get him in? How did you get him involved with this project? Um, well, it's just really easy. I messaged him on Twitter and he just immediately replied saying yes. Um, Suggesting so he hasn't really got that many mayoral duties to do. Yeah, well, there was no scrutiny. He, you know, he wasn't like, hang on a second, what are you going to be saying about, about Gore? But, but I think that's great. He's, he's, a, he's a really good laugh. Um, and I think, yeah, most like politicians would just not be up for it mm. at all. Um, so it was really, really good fun. I watched that, actually, and I really liked you when someone came to get his autograph. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah. oh, does that happen often? And he went, oh, it's not happened that week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said, um, he said, because he goes to Union Hall, and he said that there's a nightclub in Hall, and that when he goes in, the DJ sees him and then goes on the microphone and is like, the mayor of ghouls in the house! <laughs> like, he's like a little local celebrity. Um, and I mean, you, you, I mean, he's not the most famous person you work with, though, because you work on a, on a, on a fo- with footballers and the Magic Sponge podcast, which is a massive podcast. Um, are, the, are footballers nice to comedians, or are they not? I, don't know, I think they're, I think they're nice to people who have got a lot of banter. Mm. And I know, like, that's a really like ironic word to to use. But no, I think you've just got to really stick up for yourself because. Footballers, if they see any weakness, it's like if you're in like the changing room amongst footballers and you were like, uh, oh, I, re- I really don't like bread, then your locker's just going to be full of bread. Like anything that you say or, oh, I hate it when people um, like take the mick out of the way I run, then everyone's just going to be doing that. You can't have any weakness at all. Um, so then, ni- yeah, most of them are nice, although some of them are clearly just have been brought up in an environment where you don't have to have any adult life skills at all and the main important thing is just like kicking a football and giving people wedgies like that sort of level like a Simpsons bully yeah yeah and and like I mean people talk about the Joe Jordan episode like Joe Jordan the ex-Scottish footballer the hard man Mm. they talk about that one because he just took it like so seriously yeah, I think that that's. I think well, it's one of our like most famous episodes, even though it's one of the least funny, um, because yeah, he's just like an intimidating hard man, and he doesn't want anything to do with like the comedy aspect of it. So 
I was given the task of getting him to rank who he thought was the hardest footballers from like a Times survey of hard footballers. So it wasn't like we'd put them in this position. And every time we give him footballers, he would just like stare at us and say, I think that's an insult to reduce them to their aggression on the pitch. And we're like, we haven't done this. This is the Times newspaper. He was just, yeah, it was it was hard work. I don't think he... Um, I don't think you really got on board with it. Do you are you picky with like the get the, the footballers that come on the show, the the Magic Sponge podcast? I don't think so, no. Especially now because we've done so many series. I think we're running out of footballers who are prepared to do it. Um we had we had Ray Parler on recently, which was which was pretty big. Um but I think I think the the level of fame of the footballer doesn't really make a good episode. Um like we had Emil Heskey, he was probably one of the quietest people we had on but then when you have people who have played a lot of non-league football, they've always got crazier stories. Like Stack, Graham Stack. Yeah, yeah, Graham Stack. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's about people who don't care about their public image. But yeah, you want someone who isn't thinking, oh, I best not say that because this manager might find out. You want people who have lost any hope of a manager caring about what they're saying. Um, so that's our target. Footballer. So it's with G- uh, Jimmy Bullard and uh, ex-footballer Jimmy Bullard, now manager as well, and uh, mm. and comedian Rob Beckett. What did you all do to a mat? What's the mattress story? Oh, basically, they they wanted us to film a little. We get sponsored by a mattress company, and I don't know how like a mattress company is for footballers swearing and telling anecdotes about being drunk, <laughs> like that. We should definitely sponsor that. So um, they wanted us to film a little sort of unboxing video where we get the mattress out. And I, I don't think some of us were keen on that because basically, this is getting into the serious side of it, that's, that's like an advert. And usually you want to get paid for an advert. So we were all a bit like, well, you want us to just film us doing a free advert? Like, no, we're not going to do that. So we did it via audio. If anyone from Lisa Mattress is listening to this, I'm sorry that I wouldn't do a video without being paid. But um, I'm not... I'm not advertising you for nothing, um, although I am now. Um, <laughs> You're the radio show. Yeah, that's the frustrating <laughs> thing. This psychologically messing my head. Um, they knew what they were doing all along. <laughs> yeah. So we got this mattress out of the box, and it was so heavy. And Jimmy, I think at one point, just said, like, two-foot it. It's like a two-foot challenge. So I dived into it, and Rob was like, that was pathetic, mate, because I'm obviously not trying my best to two-foot challenge a mattress because I'm not an idiot. Um, so then he absolutely went for it, knocked the mattress over, and it just f- fell through a glass table, uh, absolutely shattered it, and it was it looked like an expensive glass table. So I think we're probably going to get paid less this series to make up for the table. Um, but Jimmy loved it. That's what he's all about. That's the most important Things thing. Things getting smashed That's and broken. Most like. um, okay, so this is uh, Ian Smith, uh, comedian, and Paul Corcoran, a.k.a. the Lo-Fi Waves. Um, the Lo-Fi Waves, he's going to be doing uh, two live songs very shortly. We've got loads of Kent music coming up as well. We're going to be talking about Ian's Edinburgh show as well here on Miskin Radio. This is Four Marks, and you're listening to the Kieran Paul Sessions. This is Empathy Test. It's called Bear My Soul. Two chaps. Isaac and Adam, they're fantastic. They toured Europe, they're amazing. Empathy test. Uh, so we've got in the studio with me, we've got comedian Ian Smith and Paul uh, Corcoran, a.k.a. the Low 
via Waves. Um, he's going to be doing two live songs. Um, and the second one he does, in around about sort of 10, 15 minutes time, uh, we're going to have live on Facebook. So you'll be able to watch it as well as listen to it. Uh, but let's get stuck in with your first song, uh, Paul. So I'll let you introduce it. Oh, thank you. This is uh, Paul from the Lo-Fi Waves. This song is called Comb Your Hair. Coffin and the cold, the movie and the mold, the kingpin's getting old. No soul for you to hold. The keeper seeks a toll. Each bridge contains a troll escaping down a hole. No time for you to rock and roll. Burning phoenix wing, the poorly chosen ring, the faded tingling, the awkward hula swing, the votes are coming in. Let's not chuck one more sin and keep on pushing tin. What else is there? Comb your hair. That is Comb Your Hair from the Low Fire Waves. That's Paul Corcoran. Um, and he's going to be doing uh, another song in around about sort of 10, 15 minutes time. Um, in the meantime, it's time now for our world exclusive um, of Ruse Radio's new record. They're a new Ash Green band. And this is the first time it has ever been played on the radio in Kent, in the UK, on Earth. So now it's time for our second live song. And if you want to uh, watch it live, you can on Facebook. Just search the Kieran Paul Sessions uh, on Facebook, Paul is P-O-O-L-E, and you'll be able to watch it as well as uh, listen, so I'll let you introduce it. Uh, hello, this, uh, this song is called Adios You. Normally, I should just explain, it's the only song I've ever written with a swear word, which is right at the end. Because this is a family show, I'm going to substitute it for a more acceptable word. So you have to use your imagination, uh, so it doesn't take the sting out of the towel too much. It's called Adios You. I can't believe a word you say So comfort zone around you When all that's left to do is pray I'll leave one eye open, thank you You're like a bug suck on my veins 
twisted history again There goes another new age train Pick a phrase from the menu I know you want to share the blame But that train won't stop for you You're like a bug stuck on my vein Twisting history again What role is it today? What's next for you to say? Slow burning acid mouth keeps churning and turning. So as I light a brand new flame. Watch the spring flower bloom Let go of what you became No more future to pursue You've been a buck stuck on my vein Keeping me from feeling sane I Flick you off with sweet disdain Adios you flipping pain Nice flipping, nice flipping. I, I nearly panicked, but I didn't. Because they're like they're quite um, like it's quite a different tone, isn't it, to the sort of some of your other stuff? It's very different. Most of my stuff, which you heard last time, more typical. Yeah. It's a bit more uh, folky, melancholic, uh, that kind of thing. Just whatever I was feeling at the time. Is that is that what you do? Like, how are you feeling? You're just gonna you're gonna. That's just what comes out. I mean, I think I probably mentioned it last time. Is that um, I'm a very sort of stream of consciousness consciousness kind of writer. I can't write to a brief, so. Mm. It's just a bit of a snapshot of exactly what I was feeling. Could have, could be, could have been in that five minutes, mm. and that's it. Mm. But then you take it's, it's like a photograph. Take a shot, and it kind of sticks around forever. Okay, well that was a adios you. And <laughs> Can I ask a, a, yeah, am I go on, far away ask a question? Yeah, far away. What songs do you prefer? Because you know, like if you have like a dark, sadder song, but that means that. You know, it's part of you. If something bad's happening to you, thinking, well, at least this is going to make a really good song. Or do you think that happy songs are equally as good? Um, I'm like Paxman. <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, I think I like it if I'm performing. I like the crowd to feel entertained. Mm. And generally, by and large, that means something like what I've just did. Mm. Um, but I suppose if I'm thinking, if I, ones that I've kind of laboured over a little bit longer and I'm probably a bit more happier with the words and stuff like that, that generally tends to be the quieter, mm. more thoughtful, introspective kind of tunes yeah um, but I, I kind of like it I like both in different contexts yeah because yeah. definitely like in comedy like if something I mean comedy like uh, goes with tragedy so often doesn't mm. it so like if something bad happens you're like oh yeah but this could make some good material like oh, I, you know, I, I if remember. you miss a train or something like that just something hilarious, you know really frustrating in life mm. actually that could yeah. be turned into a brilliant story I was in the doctors with a finger up me old uh, bum mm. and um, that was going on for a while I wasn't happy about it but then um, six months later I had quite a good routine about it. 
So I'm quite pleased with that. But at the time when it's happening, you can't seem too pleased yeah. about it. No, because then it feels not. weird as well, like, <laughs> if you're being like, oh, this is great. And taking notes as well at the same time. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Not. Now this track is afterwards, it's from Sky, and that's Ali and Jericho, they are from Folks and they're a synth-pop duo. Uh, now of course, it's time for this. Worst jobby wobby, worst jobby wobby, worst, worst, worst. Worst jobby wobby, worst jobby wobby, worst. So worst jobby wobby is where we ask our guests the weirdest, strangest, most peculiar, fantastical jobs they've ever done uh, while doing their art. Uh, so Ian Smith, comedian, I'm going to come to you first of all. What's your worst jobby wobby you've ever done? My worst jobby wobby? I don't really, because I haven't done a lot of stuff outside of comedy. So I was, I was a teaching assistant for a bit, like in a placement um, during university. So I wasn't even being properly paid for it. Um so that's all it's like my only option to save for this but also i just wasn't very good at it um and i once fell asleep in the class when i was supposed to be teacher assistanting um because um there's a, a club night in my old uni called club sandwich which is every wednesday um so i got home at about like three or four and then i had to get up at six to go to the primary school and i just i just couldn't deal with that at all i'd had a red bull that hadn't helped and you, when you fall asleep, you never know how long you've been asleep. You just wake up and you're not like, oh, that was only for a second or something. So I just thought it'd been five or 10 minutes. I remember the teacher was looking at me like disapprovingly, but I don't know how long it was, but I managed to style it out by just going, I'm not sleeping. Because um, so no they have like they have like the nap corners, don't they? In a like primary school, like especially like reception class. Yeah, like they have the nap yeah. yeah. Oh no, Curled I didn't even do it in an official out. napping space. Um, no. I had so much fun as well. Once where I got to do the warm-ups in PE um, because that was like the easiest thing to do. And like the kids just have to copy whatever you're doing. So it's an incredible opportunity to just make 30 kids do something stupid. <laughs> so I was just like slamming my head around and going like, oh, and then you just see 30 kids do it. You've, you've got to make these things work for yourself. Yeah, like style. Do you ever do the thing where you, did, you put like your arms out like you were playing and then you did like t uh, marble, tennis ball, golf ball, that, and then it like went up and bigger sized balls like. No, did that you sounds do that? like too professional. And oh, we did that in primary school. So like you went to different, like the teacher would say like a different size ball and you'd have to move like in the, in the circumference with your hand. But the only problem was like they, they'd go from like volleyball to football and I don't even know, that, as a child, you know the difference between a volleyball and a football. No. So no. it would just cause mass confusion in year six, in year six sports day and like any oh, sort of PE What's lesson. the biggest ball you can go to? We'd be beat. We'd always finish on beach ball. Oh yeah, and like there'd only be like a few kids left being able to do it because like it really hurts your arms straightened out. So yeah, mm. beach ball would be the very end one. It would start on marble, then golf ball, then tennis ball. Mm. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Um, and uh, Paul, what what's your worst job? Um, well, well, I many many years ago I used to work um, as like an employment coach or trainer in a, in a, one of these centres where when people um, have been out of work for too long, they have to go there, otherwise they lose all their benefits. And, horrible things happen so um from the outset you i can't just begin to describe the atmosphere is not good mm. in these centers um and then so one day um one of my colleagues there said have you ever seen uh, the league of gentlemen the like comedy sketch show and, and i knew of it but i hadn't seen it i said no, no no he said oh have a look at this and he got this like youtube clip up on his phone and the the, the comedy sketch was um set in exactly the sort of place we were working in and the trainer person who would have been me um standing in front of a flip chart and all the unemployed people there their task was to just make 
shout out job titles. And so you, and they'd write them on the flip chart. Um, and so you'd get, you know, postman, bus driver, um, you know, astronaut, teacher. Yeah. And so, and then when, when, once the whole group had, had completely exhausted all of their ideas, the, then the, the coach trainer person um, systematically put red lines through all of them explaining why they couldn't possibly apply for any of those. <laughs> and then basically kind of leaving like um, like toilet cleaner yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. at the end. So at that point, you know, um, really kind of motivating people, setting their expectations um, and destroying their souls all at the same time. And the thing was, is that after he showed me that clip, which, which as a comedy clip works really well, mm. he then said, well, now have a look at this. Got out the folder of training plans that we could pick from in order to try and help these people into work. And there was one that was that. Oh god! So whoever'd written that sketch had obviously been wow. on one of these yeah. godforsaken courses, wow. um, and turned it into the dark humour that it, it deserves to be. That was like that's my worst. So jo- jobby like, wobby. Ironically, that, like it did you out of employment, which is yeah. ironic. And maybe I was one, so maybe one to of leave the, that job. Maybe one of the people in the group then took your job, and that's how it works. Like constantly just it actually mm. that isn't even a joke because yeah. that does happen. Well, there you go. They've, um, all, they've all got quotas. And uh, <laughs> uh, Ian, um, now you're going out to Edinburgh with a show uh, called Snowflake, um, mm. and in it, uh, it's it's to do with like so it's to do with Norway, isn't it? You went, you did, you, had, you spent yeah, some time in Norway. It's basically the show is supposed to be about uniqueness, um, and I've also got a lot of stuff about Norway. So I thought Snowflake had this double meaning. Also, Snowflake's become like this big sort of uh, word for the kind of morning left-wing liberals it's become like a really like weighted political term and i don't have anything about that in the show but i'm hoping it's such a popular sort of weighted word that lots of the kind of liberal elite in edinburgh like oh let's go see this guy dismantle the alt-right um and i'm not going to um not because i don't want to but just because that isn't what my show is about but yeah so it's about norway more than I thought it would be. And you've got, um, you've got a bit, you're interested in untranslatable words. Yeah, ba- basically, when I've been researching the show, I'm going to get these up um, now. Um, so yeah, when I've been researching the show, I found um, there's certain words that they have in, in different countries that don't have a sort of English translate translation. So it sort of fits into my show with some of the Norwegian words, but also just this, the uniqueness that they don't have them in other languages. Um, so I'm trying to talk about them a lot. Some of them seem to reveal like stereotypes of the countries that they're from. Like uh, there's a German word called extravunsch, which means someone who is go- is someone who is slowing things down by being too fussy. What? Which just feels like such an efficient like mm, Germanic right, word. Yeah. Um, there's a Russian word uh, pochamushka, which is someone who asks too many questions, which I think is like a very what's suspicious. The, what's the reindeer one? The reindeer one. Let me find. Um, that um, there's a lot of uh, I imagine the best part of this is going to be me going through things and going. Um, you like you like Susie in count uh, in in uh, dictionary corner. Yeah. Oh, porankusma, which is a Finnish word which means the distance a reindeer can comfortably travel before needing to urinate. Mm. And apparently that's a genuine thing. Apparently it's almost scientifically 4.6 miles. So you can sort of calculate like uh, the distance from London to. Um, Ghoul, my hometown, is maybe like 12 reindeers needing a toilet break. What if it's had a couple of beers at the start? 
That'd have to be a half? different word yeah, entirely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. If you had a few beers, it won't be walking in a straight line. It'd be going, you know, it'd be going oh, a bit wobbly. Oh, you could do so. the first the science thing. all over, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you've had a go at doing your own, like making up, making, creating words for certain situations. Yeah, I mean, at the minute in the show, I haven't quite made up the words, but I've got the definitions. So what I can say, I can just make something up like hovel of love. Um, but these are some of the things that I think we need a word for. The support you feel for a game show contestant with the same name as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just really get into if I'm watching Pointless and there's like an Ian on there, I'm just like, come on, Ian, crush Judith. Um, um, oh no, um, oh yeah, uh, there should be a word for the guilt you feel when you cross a road when a parent's trying to teach their kid the green cross code. I thought that was a really specific form of mm. guilt, like when you're looking and you're like, nothing's coming, but they're trying to say to the kid. Make sure you look left and right and you're just running across like, you've just got a chance at your boring <laughs> square. Um, so I think we need one of them. Um, oh, um, someone who makes you feel inferior in the gym. Need a word for that because there's a guy in my gym. Usually if I go on a gym machine, um, someone will go on after me and move the weight down to a much heavier weight while looking around the gym to sort of look for the weedy person who's done that. But there's a guy in my gym, he went on a weight machine, moved the weight down, but then didn't really look happy with where he was. So he's picked up the weight machine and moved that to a different area of the gym. So he's moving the machines <laughs> that you have to lift a bit of. So he's just going at the gym and doing like feng shui around the place. <laughs> so what, uh, what, let's do one more. What's one, one more. more. Let's, have, um, let's have a look. Oh, um... We need a word for someone who gives money to human statue street performers. The people that dress as like silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think they're mad for doing street performing, but I think the worst people in the world are people who look at that and go, Whoa! <laughs> I need to pay for this. This guy's so talented. He's got pain. Yeah, yep, I'm gonna let so what let's think of a word. Paul, let's uh well, let's think of a word. How can we do that? Um no I can't. I'm not talented enough. Uh, so next week. Oh, can we, go on. Very quickly, second go on. musical question. Talking mm. about words. So, do you go by the sort of your band name? Is that you've got ten seconds to answer this? Oh, is uh, that for, is that for a band or is it just you? Uh, it's just me. But sometimes I play Done. the violin. Say, right, song. She was uh, really <laughs> right, is, uh, next week we've got Joanna McGowan, and this is a bit of her. The gateway to your community, Miskin Radio. Hello, Kieran here. Thank you for downloading. If you get your podcast on iTunes, don't forget to click the subscribe button so you get a free podcast delivered to you every Thursday of our best bits from that week's show. And also, on iTunes, do leave a review as well. We love those. And on Facebook, there's loads of video content you can watch as well. Just search the Kieran Paul Sessions. Bye-bye.